greet all of you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Are you happy this evening? Amen. Pastor Kumumutu said I must pass this regards to the church. Amen. And he traveled safely. And then he says he just wants to appreciate the love that he has experienced in this site. And the wonderful atmosphere. Amen. As we turn to Genesis chapter 22. And we'll read from verse 16. Until verse 18. That's Genesis chapter 22. Genesis is chapter 22. From verse 16 to 18. 16 to 18. Amen. He found it written in this manner. And said, By myself I have sown, saith the Lord, for because thou hast done this thing, and hast not withheld thy son, Thine only son. Amen. That in blessing I will bless thee, and in multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the stars of the heaven, and as the sand which is upon the seashore. And thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies. Giabubusisa Nubusisa Gandhisa Nogwandisa in Zaluyako Ibe Gazing Ibe Jingis and Kanyes Zezulu Nangani Sishabat is also Queen Luluante in Zaluyako in Obe Isang Olezitazan. And in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed because thou hast obeyed my voice. Amen. And then let's just go to Galatians chapter 3, verse 28 there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither bond nor free, there is neither male nor female, for ye are all one in Christ Jesus. And if ye be Christ, then ye are Abraham's seed, and has according to the promise. Amen. As we pray. Most gracious Heavenly Father, such a, after such a beautiful song service, dear God, we are just just turned our pages in the Bible to read a portion of the scripture. Amen. Lord, we have come here to hear you interpreting the scriptures, dear God. You are the one that has got only the sovereignty to interpret. Every time, whenever mankind wants to interpret, 
it always results in death. Amen. But when God comes down and interprets his own word, it brings life to the people. And that is why this evening we just want to invite you, dear God, just to come and bring this word and inspire this word so that whoever is here, when they go back to their respective places, they should say, surely God has spoken to me as an individual. Amen. And because we are not here as a crowd, everyone is here as an individual. Everyone has come here with their own pillar of fire. And whenever we meet with each of us, everyone having their own pillar of fire, it makes such a big pillar of fire. That is why we say, come dear God and speak. Whatever you want to speak, we are listening dear God. I'm standing here this evening as a channel through which you'll be speaking to your people. And as you speak to them, speak to me as well. I'm not a spectator, I'm a participator as well, dear God. As we commit everything to you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, amen. amen. As you take your seats. Amen. We just want to speak about possession. Amen. 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 That's what we want to speak about. Possession. Amen. Maybe we can start it in this manner that you cannot, uh, you can only possess through position. Amen. When you are in your position, then you can possess. But if you are dispositioned, then you cannot possess. Amen. Because uh, everything has been created to be powerful when it operates from its position. Amen. And this is something beautiful. Whenever, before anything could come, God spoke to its environment before he could bring it into existence. Amen. Before he could bring the marine life, he spoke to the waters to bring forth. Before the plants could come up, he spoke to the earth. And, and whatever it, he has spoken to, it must reside in its environment to be powerful. Amen. So when he spoke to the, to, to the, to the water, it brought forth the marine life. When he spoke to the earth, it brought forth the botany uh, life. Then when, when he wanted to, to bring forth a man, he as well spoke 
to the environment in which a man must reside. Let us make men in our own image. When he brought forth a man, he spoke to himself. So if the waters must reside in the water, if the fishes must reside in the water, if the botany life must be rooted on the on the earth, if the mama life must be on the surface, then it means a man must be in God. So your powerful position is in God. Your position is in God. And when your position is in God and you find your position, then you can possess. Whatever the scriptures have granted to you, then it is bound to come to fruition. Amen. I just need my uh, uh, brothers, if I could get a charger in, in the office for this thing here. It's low. Amen. So are we still together? So this evening, I want to speak to possessors, not professors. Because a professor speaks about something that they have heard about. A, a professor speaks about something that he has read about. But a possessor speaks about something that they can show and say, here it is. Uh, amen. So when uh, that is not the right one, if you can help me this side, amen. So, which means uh, maybe let's just give an analogy. Here. If 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 a professor. Uh, studies about a plant and observes the characteristics of a plant and maybe maybe write write a thesis about the plant and gets uh, maybe some recognition about him knowing about the plant. Studying about it doesn't mean that he possesses the life of the plant. That's why he can study about it, but he will never reproduce that life. So let us not study about God. Let us be the possessors of God. Let us let us bring God on display. Now, when God spoke to Abraham, he says, By myself I have sung. Because later, if you had to take a, a, an oath, you take an oath by somebody who is superior to you. So there is no one above God, so God saw by himself. And say the Lord, for because thou hast done this thing, and has not withheld, withheld thy son, Amen. Because God wanted to have, for them to, for Abraham to show that he loved him. 
Sometimes you, before you possess, you must sacrifice. So be, the reason a lot of people today is because you, you as they often say, you cannot be what you, you must become if you continue to be who you used to be. You cannot cross the ocean until you leave the shore. So that means Christianity is a migration process. You move from one point to another point. Until such time the migration takes place, you cannot possess. And the greatest hindrance in Christianity today it is the people that profess without possessing. And the devil, you cannot mislead him. He knows if you possess and if you don't possess. You remember that demon that spoke to uh, some, some, some of the believers? And say, Paul, I know, Peter, I know, but who are you? Because you must come to a point where you've got a personal possession about what you are professing. And I tell you, when the devil comes ahead on with a possessor, he gets jittering. Now we, we hear God blessing Abraham and say, Thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemies. Which was a promise given to Abraham to Abraham's seed through Abraham. Later we hear Rebecca, we see Rebecca coming onto the scene. And we see her following Eliezer. And now the relatives as well prophesy. Rebecca, thou art our sister. Be thou the mother of millions. And let thy seed possess the gates of its enemies. So it was something that now moved from Abraham. Now it came to Rebecca. And Isaac was the son of Abraham. So that means Abraham, Isaac, he had that possession as well. He had that promise. Rebecca and Isaac had a promise. Now, when you observe the city that came after them, they possessed the gates of the lions. They possessed the gates of fire. They possessed the gates of the sea. They possessed the gates of the city. They possessed the gate of death. And now, later, we 
we see the royal seed coming as well. And he went to possess the gates of death, hell, and the grave. So that means when you believe, you must become a possessor. And why did the Bible say they must possess the gates? In the ancient times, the cities and the towns were surrounded by big walls. And the gates became the point of entry. The commercial traffic entered through the gates. Decisions were made at the gates. A gate was a symbol of power. A gate was where disputes were settled. A, a gate represented a point of power. That's why when Boaz redeemed uh, redeemed Ruth, it had to be done by the gates. So every activity had to be done at the gates. Now God is using the gate as a metaphor that the believers will come and will take possession of the gate. So that means if we were to we are if we are to take the position of the gates, we are not a group of apologetics. We are not a group of victims. But we are a group of possessors. We've got the power to strip the devil of his power. Wherever we go, we take charge, and it's not because we want to take charge. It's because God in us wants to take charge. A, a believer is not, is not a coward. A believer is not somebody that gives up. A believer is not a quitter. A believer is not just somebody crying. A believer sometimes stands up and takes over the head of Goliath. And actually, I'm here to declare to you that we are tired of believers that are crying. Because our cries somewhat, they glorify the devil. We were made to praise, we were not made to cry. And if we were made to praise, we need to conquer every gate. I don't know what gate, at gate, at which gate are you at. If it is a gate of disease, there is enough power for you to possess that gate. If it is a gate of depression, take over it. If it is a gate of sin, take over it. Because you are more than conquerors. And let me tell you something. It is not your intelligence. It is not your skills. It's not your expertise. That will bring the devil down. It is your position through your promise. It was not the slingshot that brought Goliath down. When David went down that 
mountain. Those weights were repeated, let thy seed possess the gates of its enemies. And when he took the slingshot, and as he, he, he swung it, that promise took hold of his hand. And when he released the stone, that promise came on the stone. And actually the prophet said that stone was off the target. Goliath was there. The stone went this way. But as it went this way, the promise came over and took hold of a stone. And the stone took a turn and directed the target. You got a promise. And your promise will bring the devil down. Don't cry. Look at your promise. Believe at your promise. Accept your promise. I hope we are together here. And sometimes God allows for us to get into certain situations so that we must remember. You remember this God that we worship, He loves showdown. And He can only bring showdown through us. Sometimes He makes a problem to be so bigger in your life so that He can come and glorify Himself. The, the same God that told Moses to leave Egypt is the same God that made Pharaoh to follow Moses. Hallelujah. Can you say it was a setup? Yes, it was a setup. God wanted to glorify himself. And as Moses went down and went by and came to the Red Sea. Now there was a Red Sea in front of him. Now there were chariots of Pharaoh following him. Now he was stuck between two problems. But when Moses was there, and God seen that they, they were squeezed, I hope God was busy dancing and said, The enemy, you will see my power. Testimony will come out of that situation. And obviously Israel, because they forgot this promise, then they became fearful. Every time when you forget your promise, you become fearful. Your promise is greater than your circumstance. Your promise is greater than your disease. Your promise is greater than anything else. Now, now when they were there and confused and that exodus was a beautiful exodus they had the pillar of fire at night. They had the pillar of cloud at the, during the day. I call it a climate control exodus. Because the fire you need at night so that you must not be cold. You need the cloud during the day so that the sun must not scorch you. So it was a climate control exodus. God can provide so much for you. 
If you can just wait and rely on him. Now when they were there confused and now they came to Moses to blame him as we had on Sunday. Now as they came there Moses as well cried and it Displease God. Because Moses, instead of leading them out of the situation, he was now caught up in a situation. Now when he came before God and cried and said, what must I do? Look at what God says. Why, why are you crying? Speak the words. Because I've already given you a promise. Let me tell you something. When God gives a promise, it is already materialized. You can accept it and start testifying. A promise of God, you don't just need to wait. You need to act like it is here now. Because a possession, it starts in the mind. You can never possess anything unless it starts in your mind. And the, the mind was chosen to be the greatest battle with the the, the battle is being fought. Amen. And I was telling the other people that why God designed that when we are born we should come head first. Amen. That's God's natural way, head first. Why not the leg? Or the hand. Why the head? Hallelujah. He simply, God through the natural birth, he's simply saying, you can never be anything unless you first become it in your mind. You can't possess anything until you possess it in your mind. So your mind is the key to everything. The devil is interested in your mind. And God is interested in your mind. Have you ever seen a mind that has been taken over by God? It loses a sense of reality. It could be a person that is dying on a hospital bed but testifying about being healed. And you say to him and say, but you are, you are sick. And he says to you, my brother, I'm healed. Because he accepted in the mind. And the mind is the womb of the spirit. That seed of healing drops in his mind. And when it is accepted it in the mind, then it gets manifested in the body. Mary would have never been pregnant unless she first became pregnant in the mind. Are we together? Amen. Now the prophet says, God doesn't want a person that's just a professor without being a possessor of the blessings. Because a professor 
will always tell you how great God was. And will tell you how God is going to be great in the future. Because a, pro, a professor relies on literature. They can read here and say, Behold, the vision shall conceive. And recite it in the temple. And recite it every week at the temple. But Mary was not a professor. She was able to say what they professed I possess it. So that means the things that we preach about, we don't want you to recite it. But we want someone that can say, what was spoken, now I've got it. I hope we are together here. You, You cannot always tell people about being an overcomer. Because you read about being an overcomer. But you must be able to say, God, there is this situation and through this situation I've realized I'm an overcomer. Christianity is an acting experience. It's not a reading experience, it's an acting experience. That's why we go through whatever we go through. So that we can have testimonies and say, oh God, at some point in time I thought it was impossible. But now I say it is possible. At some point in time, I thought I would give up. But here I am, I've not given up. That's the kind of people that we are looking for. And a person that doesn't give up confuses the devil. Oh, have you ever seen a believer that goes through a tornado and rises up and comes into through another tornado and rises up and comes through another tornado and says, my God, live it. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Oh, the devil gets confused and says, what must I do to get hold of it? And that's who we are. We possess. We don't talk about power. We've got power. And actually, I can be bold this evening. And say, a believer is invincible. He shall never be overcome. A believer shall never be defeated. I am talking about you. I'm not talking about a crowd. I'm talking about you. You shall never be defeated. of just reading 
The Bible says so. The prophet says so. There must be time when we say it. No longer saying. But now we have it. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Can you imagine Mary? Maria. As they were talking, a vision shall conceive. Mary must have thought. This thing that they are speaking about, to me, is not a sermon to be recited. I'm pregnant with what they speak about. That scripture has become me. Oh, this is wonderful. What they are preaching has become me. That quotation has become me. What have you become this evening? What is the scripture that you have become? What is the quotation that you have become? I will share with you what I have become. I am one conqueror. That's what I have become. Are we still together? Let's just read Deuteronomy 28, verse 7. I think let's get it on the screen. Don't stress about it. Let's get it here. I want you to all see it. I think we'll read it together. Let's go for it. The Lord shall cause thine enemies that arise up against thee to be smitten before thy face. They shall come out against thee one way and flee before thee seven ways. They will come this way, but they will scatter this side. Your disease will come this way, but it will scatter this way. Your confusion will come this way, but it will scatter this side. We are overcomers. Are you part of that verse? Amen. Amen. The prophet of God says in the message, Thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemy. Amen. What are you afraid about? That's what the prophet is. Asking. What are you afraid? Today people are afraid. What are you afraid of? And people are driven. As I said the other time, I don't mind when fear drives in the same car as me. As long as it doesn't get behind the steering wheel, I must drive. Not fear. What are you afraid of? What keeps you awake at night? What steals your joy? What makes you to be in a desert? What are you afraid of? Here's the answer. Possess the gate. How do you possess the gate? I contrary. 
There's nothing that flatters the devil like a believer that acts according to the devil's expectation. That flatters, that makes him happy. Then a believer that make him to act according to the devil's expectation. Amen. When you are sick, the devil wants you to reaffirm your position of sick. When you have a problem, he wants you to reaffirm, I have a problem. So, either way, the devil will turn you into a possessor. As we said on Sunday, you can end up having being a possessor of a problem. And wherever you go, you talk about this problem. And the devil becomes happy and say, at least I've got a time from his mouth. Amen. Within the 24 hours that has been allocated, 12 hours was allocated to me. And and the more you say, the more you talk about your present condition, you reaffirm it. And it, it begins to stay, it gets worse than it is. What, what would happen if you are, if you, if you are sick and you can start acting like you are not sick. And walk around believing that. What if the devil throws a problem? And you walk away as if it is resolved. What if you are unemployed and you walk around like you've got a job? And you talk like somebody that has got a job. Hallelujah. Don't you think you are step a few steps in the right direction? Amen. What if what you are looking for? You start acting like you possess it. And the devil will say, this is pure madness. <laughs> you don't have it. Remember, your gaze is the five senses sometimes. Yeah. And sometimes to possess, you need to possess those gaze, those gaze. If your sight say, you don't have it, Tell the devil, my vision is higher than my sight. I don't rely on this eyesight. Hallelujah. You know that vision is bigger than sight. I was listening to a man, I think it's Babsim Lange. He has been blind for almost over 50 years. 60 years. And they asked him, 
Would you want to regain your sight? He says, no, I don't want to regain my sight. He says, I'm so happy to be who I am and to see the darkness that I see. He says, in my darkness, I achieved so much than the people that see the light. What is the difference? He's got a vision not the sight. And some people have got sight but they don't have the vision. And where there is no vision, people perish. Do you have a vision this morning or this evening or you just have sight? What is, what is the vision? The vision is something that makes you to get ushered into the realm of unseen and grab something that is unseen and pull it into the visible world. And sometimes when you are able to see in the, in the unseen world, the, the people that surround you, if they don't see, they will discourage you. But you must know that they are depending on the sight, you are depending on the vision. And the vision is inspired by God. What am I what am I saying? Can you see in the unseen world? Can you see in the unseen world? Can you see in the unseen world? Hallelujah. Or you are just depending on what you see. I don't know whether we together. Because a Christian spend 80% of their time in the unseen world than in the seen world. Amen. And uh, unfortunately, the two worlds, sometimes they contradict. Amen. Amen. Sometimes in the unseen world, in the seen world, you see a child that is on drugs that is God. But in the vision, you see the child that is restored. Are you going to be upset about what your eyesight sees or are you going to rejoice about what your vision sees? Here's my question today. What are you seeing in the unseen world? And you can never be a possessor unless you see in the unseen world. Abraham couldn't possess Isaac physically until such time he possessed him spiritually. So, my question would be, what are the things that are locked in the unseen world and that you've got them, but your eyesight cannot see? And if you're a possessor, there must be something that you see. That's why when they say, when you look, what do you see? Because you can look and not see. Looking is about the eyesight. But seeing is about seeing the realm of invisible. 
I don't know whether the church is with me. When I see, when I look, I see my body. That is struggling. That is getting sicker. But when I see, I see a raptured body. But these things are taking place at the same time. Are we together? It's like a woman that is barren. Either based on the side, she will look at what the doctor says. But in the vision, she can see a child that she's holding in her arms. And when you operate on your vision, you lose your natural mind because it's the realm of the supernatural. I hope the prophet says that. He says when you get the mind of Christ, you become far away from your thinking. Because now you think his way of thinking. And Christ, he sees 5,000 sitting in front of him. And they are hungry. He doesn't send them away. But as he's looking, the, the sides. See, shows him the hungry people. But when he taps into the unseen, he sees a lunch boy feeding 5,000 people. But had he relied only on his side, he would have not multiplied the lunch boy. But my question would be, when you look in the unseen, what do you see? And some of the things that you see, you cannot name them. But when you've got it, you can say, I've got it. Benjamin Franklin, Benjamin Franklin, he wanted to discover electricity. He didn't know what it was. The eyesight told him that there is no such a thing. But when he tapped into the unseen, he saw the vault of electricity. And he tapped into the unseen and brought the unseen into the scene where he was standing in the, with the kai. In the rain, trying to discover this power. He knew that that power is there. He couldn't touch it. He couldn't feel it. He couldn't sense it. But that power was there. Because he looked into the vision. And all of a sudden, he said, I've got it. And from that time, they called electricity. And this is what we have. We would have never had it. Unless another man risked the risk to be called a person that has lost his mind to pull the seed and seed into the seed. And I'm encouraging you. What are you afraid of? If you are afraid, maybe because of a disease, why don't you get into that realm of unseen and possess healing and bring it here and so that the people that did not see it they can hear you hollering I've got it I've got it you remember that man 
whose son was dying in the hospital and as they were there the temperature shot up and the machine indicated that the condition was getting worse and the nurse looked at the parents and the father was busy walking in the ward and said my son is going to be well it's just a matter of time and the nurse said to the man maybe you misunderstood the doctor your son is going and the man said no the man of God told me that the son is going to be well actually he's going to be discharged he says say you don't understand your son is dying and the old man said my daughter you are looking at the instrument you were trained to read the instrument you were taught to believe the instrument the instrument is saying he's dying but the, the other world, the world of faith, say, my son is coming out of here. And the old man started rejoicing. My son will get well. All of a sudden, the machine came under the subjection of the confession of that man. And the nurse looked at the instrument and said, the old man, you were right. Son is getting better. What are you looking at this evening? Are you looking at the instrument? Or are you looking at the word of God? If you look at the instrument, you will die in your condition. But if you look at God, healing is already yours. If you look at God, your promise has already materialized. All the prophet of God, the promise says, I'm the Lord to thy God. That have got pleasant thoughts before towards you. I shall make you to prosper. I believe that scripture. Uh, when I was born, I'm not an experiment of nature. I'm here because there is a purpose why I'm here. And the purpose is not to come here and live a defeated life. Where I come from, champions come from there. What kind of champions? A champion that can go to Pharaoh and say, Pharaoh, let my people go. And he possesses the gate of oppression. Champions that are come with, they are able to get into the lion's den. And the lion are able to look at them and bow down in respect. What am I talking about? I'm talking about champions that are overcomers. They can walk into the fire and the fire will never harm them. And I belong to that lineage. Whatever I desire and whatever I speak and whatever I believe it shall be materialized. Because that is our culture of where I come from. We speak things and they materialize. What do you need? Look into the unseen and confess what you see. And say, 
With your name on it. The prophet takes it further. Prophet, say, on Calvary, God gave you a blank check. Prophet, Oh, it's risky to give somebody a signed blank check. You can write whatever you want. Did you hear me? On a blank check, you can write whatever you want. I'm presenting a blank check to you. Signed by the blood of Jesus Christ. What do you want to write on it? If you need healing, write healing. If you need restoration, write restoration. Whatever you need. Did I hear myself correct? Whatever you need, Sister Mida, whatever you need, you need a million dollars. You can write it. What you need, you got a blank check. This evening, what are you writing? Take it and write. And even when you write, you smile at the table. It is a signing ceremony. I am writing whatever. And some of us have already written the destruction of the David. And from the time we wrote, he's been destroyed. Believers are afraid to ask. That's what the prophet says. What are you afraid of? That's the gift. We have God's promise. We have His weight. We have His Holy Spirit. The angels are kept about. Everything is in order. Every wall can be taken down. Actually, it's already taken down. The Son of God goes before us. His banner is waving. There is nothing that can stand in the way of a saint to meet the promise of God. 
Death can't stop it. The grave can't stop it. The sickness can't conquer you. You are more than conquerors. The devil can't stop you. Sickness cannot stop you. Death is conquered for you. Your heavy habits have been conquered. Your temptations have been conquered. If you've got temper, you can get over it. It's conquered. Everything is already conquered for the seat of Abraham. There's no more conquering to do now. He's already conquered for us. Everything is yours. Stop fighting and start resuming. The battle was long over. 2,000 years ago on Calvary. Your master stood, was hanging on the cross and said, it is finished. Every debt has been paid for. Every redemptive blessing has been redeemed. So, believe I walked hard with your chest out and smiling at the devil and say I'm a possessor I can't complain anymore I'm done with complaining I complain about you so much David now I no longer complain now I possess I receive whatever is written it was written for me I accept. It's when you look in the realm of unseen. You are a son and daughter of Melchizedek. The possessor of all things. So don't run around like you like. In closing, you know why a lot of times we like? We behave like we've got a father on Sunday and live the rest of the week like orphans. That's why the devil, every time you come to church, because he knows that you've got a realization that you've got a father, he doesn't come close to you. But on Monday, he's waiting for you. So you need to tell him tomorrow, which is Thursday, when you wake up, David, I'm not an orphan. I have got a father. He knows my name. God bless you. Possess us. I have a father. He knows my name. Just to be known by the Father. And be accepted by the Father.
God, our great and wonderful Father. We are so grateful, Lord, that we could have attended the service, our Lord. We know, Lord, what we what would we be doing, Lord, if we never attended the service, our Lord. To hear from you, Lord, it's only love that you're sharing out to us, our Lord. Lord, you're showing us something, our Lord, that we must call upon you, Lord, that we must realize who we are and what we are, Lord Jesus. Lord, that we are past the stage of drinking milk, our Lord. That we may hold on to the, to the meat, our Lord. Hold on to you, Lord Jesus. Not, not to just look at Calvary anymore, Lord. But, oh Lord, look at the promise that we are overcomers, our Lord. You did it for us, our Lord, 2,000 years ago, Lord. We were with you in your genes, our Lord, before the foundation of the world, our Lord. And before you, you overcame, we will overcome, Lord Jesus. And Lord, we're so grateful, Lord, for your love, your mercy, and your goodness, our Lord Jesus. All we've got to do, Lord, is to lie in your grace and your mercy, Lord. Yes. Just to receive you, Lord Jesus. Lord, we are part of you, Lord Jesus. You, you can't lose us, our Lord Jesus. Yes. We were with you, Lord Jesus. And we're grateful that we can just receive such wonderful messages that we receive today, Lord. Lord, we weren't here for the coincidence, our Lord. You saw us. You foreknew us and yes. you predestinated us, our Lord. And we cannot fail, our Lord Jesus. Even though we see the turmoil in the world carrying on and happening, our Lord, we don't have to look at it and look sad and be sad, Lord. But let us lift our hands up yes. and our heads up and see the promise. Because the promise is, he that overcometh, he that endureth shall overcome, Lord. And be grateful for it once more, Lord God. Bless the people, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for what you've done for us, our Lord. May you be the after speaker as well, Lord Jesus. Us, Lord, that are maybe down in the dumps or something wrong, our Lord. Let us not look at the circumstances as our, as our preacher has preached, our Lord. But look at the promise, our Lord. Lord. Let it be so far. Lord, let's look at the big picture, Lord Jesus. That we will be there, Lord Jesus. You promised it, and we will be there, Lord God. We thank you so much for it, Lord. And let thy will be done further. In Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. Amen. God bless. I don't know. Maybe just before we go, we can just say the love of God. Amen. Let's sing it to the top of our voices. How many appreciate this love of God? Reaches, it reached so far until it reached us and found us and restored us. Amen. Let's sing it.
Yeah. Hey. 